0: Following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One.
1: When you're wearing the right outfit, it feels good. Like finding an onion ring in your French fries. Good. Feel that way every single day when you work with a Trunk Club personal stylist. Meet your stylist at trunkclub.com. That's T R-U-N-K-C-L-U-B.com. Hey
0: everybody, before we get going, I have a quick favor to ask. We need you to fill out a short survey. Just go to podcast1.com/slash my survey. Or visit and click on the survey banner. The survey is completely anonymous, and your responses will help us match the right advertisers to the right show. If you filled out a survey in the past, we thank you, but we still need you to do it again. With your help, we can keep the Forbes interview free to download and with minimal ads. Again, that's podcastone.com slash my survey, or please visit podcastone.com and click on the survey banner. Thank you again.
1: When you're bringing something new into the world, it's scary. You know, we had no idea this was going to work. Even before we raised money, we were probably thirty or $50,000 deep in our credit cards. Mm. You know, We hadn't had jobs in years. And there was a really scary moment where we were like, we don't know if we're going to be able to raise money or not. We don't know if we're going to be able to bring this in the world. Is anyone ever going to buy it? And I think for all of our families, they were probably like, you guys have gone a little bit you know, sideways.
0: <laughs> Welcome to the Forbes interview. I'm your host, Steve Bertoni. On this show, I'll do in-depth interviews with billionaires, entrepreneurs, and influencers.
2: Before we take a listen, just want to give a quick but important thank you to Rocket Mortgage. And Zip Recruiter. Right now, you can experience Zip Recruiter for free, saving you a couple hundred bucks when you go to slash Forbes. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan, and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. Go to slash Forbes. You'll hear more about these companies later in the show.
0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the show. Great episode today. We have the co-founders of Casper, Philip Krim and Neil Pareek, guys. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us, thanks. and thanks for sharing a mic. This is very cozy. This is we'll make this work.
3: We like it cozy. It works well.
0: So let's just start out. What is new with Casper? Even for people that don't know Casper, is it Casper Sleep, Casper Mattresses? What do you? What's the formal name these days?
3: Just Casper. Just Casper. Uh, but we want people to think about all things sleep when it comes to Casper. And we've been working to try to make our products more and more accessible. Uh, So we we now have 19 retail stores, including one in Canada. So we have an international retail business. We've continued to grow our partnership with Target and uh, continue to sell an ever-increasing line of products online through our e-commerce business, through Casper.com, and uh, have taken products to market that really are designing Casper to be the world's first end-to-end sleep solution. So we want to help more and more people get a better night of sleep through better products.
0: And how does that work in terms of innovation and push? What, are you, what have you guys rolled out this year, and what, do you wanna, what are you looking to roll out soon?
3: So this year, uh, we actually haven't had that many product launches in the first half of the year. Uh, they're slated for the second half of the year. We launched some new products uh, late last year that we've been uh, continuing to tweak, including a couple of new mattresses. Um, so we have some pillows. We actually just launched a travel pillow, uh, so it's a, a smaller version of a, a pillow that we invented the construction on, so you could take that with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but really been focused on kind of some some products that you'll see come out later this year and, and also tweaking some of the products that we launched late last year.
0: Awesome. Well, I want to get to the origin story of this company because I've heard you both tell it many times, uh, but I think for the listeners, it would be terrific. Like, you guys have different backgrounds. You're from different parts of the country. Um, you know, Neil, how did this all get started?
1: Sure. So uh, a little bit by luck and chance. So, you know, Philip and I and uh, the rest of our you know, co-founders, three, a couple of us had met at Brown. we would working on a company, and, and we met in a co-working space here in New York. And, um, you know, one day I heard Philip talking about the mattress business. Uh, what was the
0: company you guys were working on from Brown?
1: It was called Consigned, and it was an online kind of consignment store with influencers. And uh, Philip was working on a mobile, local, social...
3: <laughs> Just throw every buzzword you can in there. <laughs> deep learning, learning, deep AI learning, AI, AI, AI. VR. Yep. Yeah,
1: neural networks, uh, all of the above. And... You know, he was telling us about how the mattress industry is a racket. And there are these commission salespeople who are um, taking advantage of people in the local markets. There hasn't been product innovation. And I knew nothing about it, but Philip had actually been selling mattresses online since he was in college out of his dorm room. And and, um, and so we realized there was an interesting opportunity here. There was the opportunity to both attack a space and kind of, you know, looking at what Harry's and Warby and what some of the other great direct-to-consumer brands had done to say, hey, we can actually do this for a mattress and make both a better product, a better service experience, a better um, business model. Um, but more importantly, there was an opportunity around sleep, which mm-hmm. was much, much bigger. There was no, and there, you know, besides us today, there's really no brand out there that's saying end to end, how do we create an experience that gets you to think about sleep a little bit differently, that gets you to change your behavior, that gives you products that um, attack it from so many different angles. And so, you know we were seeing people focus on health and wellness. they were taking naps, they were drinking green juice, and mm-hmm. yet there was nothing around sleep and so putting those two together, we launched with the mattress, and that's why pretty quickly year after year, we've really focused on expanding our product portfolio as well as our you know where we actually sell those
0: Let's take a step back, Philip. you mentioned Neil just said you were telling them how the mattress business traditionally is a racket, and also you were selling mattresses in college. I want to hear like how it's a racket and also, you know, when most college kids are just flopping on couches, you're (laughs) actually like going to make a business selling these bulky, big ticket items.
3: Sure. So uh, I was born and raised in Texas, went to University of Texas in Austin Uh, in in my hopes to avoid getting a traditional summer job. My sophomore year, uh, I started tinkering around with building websites uh, and I learned what drop shipping was. So I would look for American manufacturers mm-hmm. of products. I would build a website, and I would try to sell the product. So sold anything I could find a manufacturer to work with, and one of those categories happened to be mattresses. Uh, you and just so, wanted
0: it made in, the, made in America that was just for shipping, it's better? Or?
3: Correct. Okay. So made in America, they could do all the manufacturing and fulfillment, and I could literally run it out of a dorm room because mm-hmm. I would handle the website, I would handle the customer experience, the sales, Uh, And and you could do that all without kind of the heavy infrastructure that you need for manufacturing Mm -hmm. or importing. Um, And so one of the categories that we got into randomly were mattresses. And so that's where I kind of learned how the industry worked and how every retailer could always advertise lowest prices guaranteed, how the manufacturers were becoming more and more consolidated and worked with retailers to make sure that it was a very opaque marketplace where consumers were in the dark and, were being taken advantage of by commissioned salespeople that were highly trained. And so given my background there, and, and we started thinking about Casper summer of 2013 about five years ago, this was right when people were starting to track sleep uh, with a, a much higher uh, level with Fitbits and Jawbones mm-hmm. and Neil's dad's a sleep doctor. And so we just started talking about how sleep is so important and everyone was realizing that getting a good night of sleep would help you be more creative, happier, fulfilled, etc. cetera. And yet buying a mattress, going into a store that's on seemingly every corner and feeling like you're getting ripped off was just a terrible experience, one of the worst out there in, consumer, in the consumer landscape. And so we naively thought we could go uh, take on the industry and, and change the way people bought mattresses. And that's what we set out to do. And then we realized that there was a, a much bigger problem out there just about kind of solving people's sleep needs. And, and so that's really what we've been working on the last uh,
0: four or five years. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
2: Support for the Forbes interview podcast comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, the mortgage company that decided to ask why. Why can't clients get approved in minutes rather than weeks? Why can't they make adjustments to their rate and term in real time? And why can't there be a client-focused technological mortgage revolution? Quicken Loans answered all these questions and more with Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. Rocket Mortgage is simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or your 10th with rocket mortgage you get a transparent online process it gives you the confidence to make an informed decision rocket mortgage by quicken loans apply simply understand fully mortgage confidently to get started go to rocketmortgage.com forbes equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states nmls ConsumerAccess.org number 3030
0: I mean, you guys done a great job in marketing and branding. I think I first heard about um, Casper either through a colleague or just an advertisement with it's in a box. It's Instead of this bulky thing, people climbing up all these steps and stuff, it comes in a box, kind of like unfolds like a transformer in a way. And used to, people would deliver it on bikes, which is incredible, A. Um, and then also you guys had very wacky, irreverent subway ads, um, which is, you know, if you don't live in New York, subway ads, are like the, it's like startup city. You to, it's, it used to be... <laughs> You know, um, psychics and divorce lawyers and people that took like bunions off your feet. That was the advertisements. Now it's like every big, highly funded, um, you know, consumer product. But um, so, you, I mean, that became a great job branding. At the same time, mattresses are tough because they're hidden. They're under sheets. Um, no one, very few people like sit on your mattress and also you buy them. It's not like Harry's subscription model razors or Warby Parker where you're buying all these glasses. Like you probably buy one every decade. So that's a long kind of setup to so like, how did you build this brand and be like, okay, we're going to be like a mattress that actually has a personality?
3: Yeah, it's super interesting. It's uh, the, the mattress industry and categories is very predictable. Every year, about 20 million Americans will buy a new mattress and, and that need has existed for decades. Uh, and so we know that it's a big category. Every year, Americans spend a lot of money, over $15 billion on mattresses alone. And uh, yet, as we were talking about it, it remained one of the worst consumer experiences out there. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't have a belief that you had to go get a recurring revenue stream or anything like that. Like the industry had always made a bunch of money because a lot of people are replacing their mattress every year. Uh, And so that's why there was a lot of skepticism around the business and around the business model. And it took us a long time to raise our initial capital. No one thought you could do something cool in the mattress space. No one Mm -hmm. thought you could make a good business model out of it. Uh, and, and I think we've, we've proven the skeptics wrong. We, we created a brand that really connected with people in a way that the industry hadn't ever done before. We compete with brands that are literally over a hundred years old, Simmons, mm-hmm. Serta, Sealy, all over a hundred years old. And we rethought the business model. We cut out the traditional retail stores. We went direct, we delivered product on bike messengers here in New York city. We deliver within one or two days to most of the country. Uh, we do package the mattresses in a box that can be upsed anywhere in the country, mm-hmm we we now have a global business where you can buy our products in Europe uh, as well as Canada and the US and and so you know all of that's not a traditional playbook and so we don't look like a traditional mattress company and we didn't take products to market like a traditional mattress company we made it dead simple we built the best products out there and we delivered it at a great value
1: i think one of the uh, you know on that point jeff one of our other co-founders who had worked at ideo for a long time really mm-hmm. brought it to the table was building one of the first end-to-end product innovation cycle companies that sells direct. And what I mean by that is, you know, traditionally if you were to buy from a retail store, the brand is coming up with a product, you work on it for a couple of years, then it ends up going to a wholesaler, then it goes to a retailer or someone, and then it gets to you. And so that innovation cycle of feedback can often take two years, three Mm -hmm. years until you find out if something's working or not. And what we did is basically collapse that And figure out how do we very quickly get product launches at the door but then collect feedback from our tens of thousands of people that are in Casper labs along with almost our million customers across the board and then be able to very quickly beta test new iterations that are going out the door Mm -hmm. and so you know today we're like 15 16 20 versions of the Casper in and that's only in four years versus you know most companies would take you know maybe they'd be on version two of the product and so that's part of a big part of our strategy moving forward is figuring out how do we increase those iteration cycles so that we can get much better products at the door, um, which I think is unlike, you know, obviously the mattress companies, but is generally unlike most product development companies in general. You mentioned before it
0: was tough raising capital at first. Did you have a prototype? I mean, it sounds this is a cap. This is a the mattresses are expensive. There's so many different things on the market, like all the coils and the springs and the soft and the hard and the pillow tops and whatever. Like, did you? do you want to raise money first and you figure it out or do you have a prototype that you're going to go to market with?
3: You know, we had uh, developed and tested a bunch of different prototypes. And uh, as Neil mentioned, Jeff is one of our co-founders. He leads the product design group. Mm -hmm. He actually built mattresses that had two different feels on each side of it. So it was kind of like an AB test within the mattress and we would get feedback. And at the time we would just beg friends to come lay on mattresses and give us feedback and we would buy pizza and beer and that was kind of our, our product development and R&D. That's your,
0: your pickup line. Why don't you come over, <laughs> test out the mattress, let me know what you think. We'll some water. Exactly. Yeah.
3: Uh, and so we had a lot of fun with that process. And what we saw was that you actually could go to market with one model that was universally comfortable. And we actually looked to the hotel space to learn about that. Mm-hmm. They don't ask you, you know, fill out this complicated matrix. You don't need 70 different firmnesses on the floor of a retail store to actually find a mattress that's great for you. So that was one of our insights. And then... The investor that ultimately led our seed round, Ben Learer, uh, came to us, he's like, okay, great, this is super interesting, can I, can I sleep on the product? And we're like, uh-oh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess we got to go build a mattress. Uh, and so we, we created one that, that was close to our launch version, uh, we, we delivered it to Ben's house and only broke a few things in his apartment nice. when we were delivering <laughs> it. And uh, he loved it. He slept great. Uh, texted me the next day, a few thumbs up and we were off to
0: the races. Well, wow, we had Ben on the show earlier. I didn't know he had the first original handmade cast for mattress, I imagine. He still does. He does. He's wow. very proud of it. That's like the first Tesla, I guess. <laughs> something like that. So what do people want in a mattress these days? Like if you go to the average person, are there certain attributes they want or is everyone kinda of different? Like how do you you got to it's cool, you got to make something from scratch that people have kind of just taken to granted and assumed you said for the last Century, how would you start? What do people want?
3: Yeah, well, first we realized that there were a lot of false assumptions around thinking about what you want. Um, you know, you hear some general common trends like comfort, but
0: it's like a car. Like, if you want, you can spend what like ten thousand dollars on a mattress, or you can get one for like 70 bucks.
3: Some people think you have to go spend thousands and thousands of dollars to get a great night of sleep, so that was one of the myths that we wanted to dispel. Another myth was people thought you need a really firm mattress to have something that was good for your back and good for back support. Mm-hmm. And so the way we talked about comfort was very different than the industry. And again, the, the industry used kind of comfort as a reason that you thought you had to go into a commission sales environment and deal with someone. Reality is it's not true. And again, the hotel industry, we thought disproved that nicely. Um, so we, we sat out to, sought out to disprove a number of myths and saw there were common trends. People want something that's really comfortable, that helps you sleep really well, helps you sleep deeply throughout the night and makes you waking up feeling refreshed and ready to take on the day. And mm-hmm. uh, that's how we started talking about the product. We got away from the industry uh, language around kind of making up words with pedic this and ortho support that and back and all this other stuff because it, it was really lost on people. And mm-hmm. this all came through kind of
0: our consumer insights work. Neil, no, you said your dad's a sleep doctor. Well, he, he's right, a is,
1: pulmonologist by training. And so he works with heart- people, uh, lungs. Lungs. And so primarily people who have sleep apnea yeah. are actually having trouble breathing. Uh-huh. Um, and so, you know, I uh, had his experience growing up and then I, I went, out of med, went to med school, dropped out. And so I'd always been thinking about the, the science of sleep, you know, peripherally, I guess.
0: And what did he think? When you're like, Dad, I'm going to go start a mattress company.
1: Oh, I almost got kicked out of my family. <laughs> Tell me more about that. No, they're happy. No, I, you know, I think with any of us at the beginning, it's when you're bringing something new into the world, it's scary. You know, we had no idea this was going to work. But even before we raised money, we were probably thirty or $50,000 deep in our credit cards. Mm. You know, we hadn't had jobs in years. And there was a really scary moment where we were like, we don't know if we're going to be able to raise money or not. We don't know if we're going to be able to bring this in the world. Is anyone ever going to buy it? And I think for all of our families, they were probably like, you guys have gone a little bit, you know, sideways. Yeah. But I also think that's been a little bit of inspiration where our best ideas have usually been, The contrarian ones, you know, the ones where like if we're sitting in a room and everyone says yes, that's usually something has gone wrong. Hmm. We should have things where people are like, that's a dumb idea or that's a crazy idea. And and that um, that curve is what creates the best ones.
0: You mentioned you're going kind of sideways for a while. What was when did you guys start kind of picking up some traction here?
1: So we
3: launched the the product to the world, April 22nd of 2014. Uh, And that day, how'd you launch it? Uh, we actually just had some press coverage about what we were doing. So mm-hmm. we announced our fundraise and we announced the, the, the product uh, that we were shipping and, and had some reporters come try it out at our office uh, right around the corner here. And uh, we were like, who's going to wake up and read an article about you know, a company launching a mattress, raising some money and then buy it? We're like, OK, maybe if we get one or two sales, that would be mm-hmm. great and we could build momentum from there. And lo and behold, like dozens and dozens of people that first day bought, and then the second day people bought, and it just kept building from there. And...
1: Yeah, we did a million in our first month.
3: Yeah. Mom. Yeah. And it, it blew us all the way. I mean, our, our first year projections were 1.8 million, and we did that within 60 days. Uh, and the business just kept growing month over month, and it, it was uh, a much bigger hit. And what we didn't realize were how many people were sharing the unboxing experience online. Hmm. And that was something we really didn't talk about before we launched, and then... We we started checking out videos that people were posting, and they were getting thousands and thousands of views, and uh, it was super exciting. That people were really um, taken aback by the packaging and the product design and mm-hmm. the packaging design, and, and really telling their friends and family, which still to this day is the number one reason at checkout where people say they heard about us.
0: What is the unboxing experience like? Like what makes people want to? Put, they put like soundtracks in the back and like slow motion <laughs> and.
3: Well, you said it's like a transformer yeah. coming to life, so I, li- I like that one. But it, it's cool. You, you hear the mattress kind of inhale and take its first breath of air and expand to, to full life. And uh, it, it comes in a box about the size of a mini-fridge, uh, so it can arrive on your door via UPS, or we can mm-hmm. arrange to have it set up for you in your house. And uh, it, it's a lot of fun to see it kind of expand. We, we used to joke it's like those uh, toys when you're a kid that you drop in water, and they're 30 times the size within oh, a like second. The, like
1: the dinosaurs? Yeah. And, the, and Very cool. And it's fun. If you go on YouTube or on Instagram, you can see tons of kids turning them into rock, uh, the Casper box into a rocket ship or using it as a dining table when you have no other furniture. And so it's cool that it becomes a little piece of people's lives, especially when they have, you know, oftentimes the mattress is the first and only thing that's in your brand new apartment or home.
0: Sometimes for months. <laughs> for months. <laughs> or years. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
2: Is your company hiring? Every business needs great people and a better way to find them. Something better than posting your job online and just crossing your fingers that the right people will see it. Zip Recruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply to your job. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on Zip Recruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. The right candidates are out there. Zip Recruiter is how you find them. Businesses of all sizes trust ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. Right now, listeners to the Forbes interview can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ziprecruiter.com/forbes and save yourself a couple hundred bucks. That's ziprecruiter.com/forbes, ziprecruiter.com/forbes. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.
1: The right workspace is more than just square footage. It's an incubator
0: of achievement, a magnet for talent. Your workforce unleashed. For 160 years, Savills has been bringing real intelligence to global real estate, ensuring not just any space, but the perfect workspace. Because the most important dimension of a building is the human one. Savills. See what Savills can do for you at Savills.us. And you're know, talking about brand, and name, like, it's a great name. I don't know, just kind of feels friendly and different than like you know the other old school players where the name come from
1: we had a uh, it's funny we spent so much time trying to come up with the the perfect name and um gabe one of our other co-founders we were sitting in a room you know locked up we'd put probably 50 or 100 names on the wall mm-hmm. and casper was actually the name of one of our roommates when we were living together but with a k and, and he was german and uh he was you know, too tall to fit on the bed. But so we switched the name from Casper with the K to Casper with the C. In many ways, it was about personifying what either a person or a brand could and should be, right? It should be, if you think about what the Casper brand stands for for us, great service, a great product, but it's also a little bit quirky and weird, you know? It, so it's named after a giant German guy, basically. <laughs> kind of quirky and weird, but it stays in people's heads, right? Yeah you know and, and that's it's trustworthy but it also has this other elements of the personality and when you see our irreverent subway campaigns or mm-hmm. you get to see the fact that it pops out of a box there's something different and unexpected about it um that's not what you would expect from from a traditional mattress company how'd
0: you know that was the name like i know we, I, i've had neil from warby parker on the show and he was telling me they spent you know they had thousands of combinations of names and just just hit them like did caster kind of, was it like a a gut feeling was it analytical it was just like hey we all agree let's go with casper
3: uh i would say we also were just kind of name storming as many names as we could think of and i think the important part our advice when other founders ask us about this is just give yourself a deadline Mm -hmm. and then whatever is top of mind at that deadline is what you should go with and we had a self-imposed deadline and at the time casper was our favorite and so we went with it uh it wasn't like once we said that the name, then, like that's what we all
0: went
1: with. Uh, I think it even took some time for all of us to come around to it. I don't think I actually liked the name Casper when we when we first picked it.
0: What were the other contenders besides? I'm sure just Neil. As a, uh... <laughs> that was my vote.
3: Uh,
1: <laughs> oh my gosh!
0: Uh, I don't even remember
3: our list, but I mean, we had like reams of paper just of different names, and part of it was could we get a URL that would work, and uh-huh. there's you know a number of considerations. At the time, we were working with a branding agency to help us with some of the visual design, and so we would check in with them. and uh, it was, It's a whole process.
0: And you mentioned like the team, like there's four co-founders, five, five co-founders. How does everyone work together? Because it's interesting in the backgrounds. Like you know, Philip, you were a kind of early on entrepreneur, you know, hustling in college. Neil, you were pre-med. You mentioned your you know, another co-founder was an IDO design guy. Um, how does like all the different skill sets come together, and how did? You know, you don't have many companies with five co-founders, especially ones that are still five co-founders after, you know, years of this going on.
3: Yeah. Neil and I were the generalists with no real skill. So we would just kind of take, you know, whatever would come to us. You'd be great journalists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but Jeff Chapin, our, our head of product, was a classically trained industrial designer. He has an engineering background and engineering degree. Uh, so this is what he's done his whole career. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had just left IDEO after a 10-year mm-hmm. career there. Gabe is our CTO, he has a technical background. He's self-taught in that world, but um, that, that's what he was doing before. Mm-hmm. And then Luke wore kind of the creative hat, a very creative person, so that was a, a natural fit for him and kind of oversaw the brand and, and uh, some of the marketing work.
0: How'd you all get together?
3: Um, Neil, Luke, and Gabe went to Brown University together, met me in a co-working space here in New York. Mm-hmm. And okay. We knew one industrial designer and we called him up and he was in.
0: Okay, it seems like good luck that all these different people kind of came together naturally, but everyone has Distinct skill sets that you need for a consumer products company.
3: Uh, very serendipitous, for sure.
1: I think it's what allowed us to move very quickly. And from the time we had the idea to when we launched was, you know, under a year. And part of that was that, um, it's funny, our management coaches use this idea of like a behind-the-back pass, mm. and it, it's been resonating with me recently because it. Um, very quickly, each of us just owned a part of the business, and then we kind of ran in parallel streams. And so Luke and Gabe could really work on the branding and the website. Philip really worked on fundraising. Jeff and I worked on product development, operations, supply chain, and it allows us to both get out the door very quickly, but to also have you know very deep layer of expertise at the founding level across a couple of things, uh, which I think is still one of our biggest strengths today.
0: And I think we were talking before, and we've been, earlier times we met about all the interesting requests you get from Casper because the cool thing is you're branded as a mattress and that can go many ways whether different kinds of mattresses or cushions or or pillows and what kind of what kind of requests have you gotten and what kind of ideas have you kind of thrown against the wall and said no and maybe some in the future
3: Uh, it is amazing how flexible kind of the brand is or or how you can take products where we do have a deep uh, level of expertise around comfort and ergonomics Mm -hmm. and, and how many different ways you can go There, If you fly American Airlines in uh, Business Class or Economy Plus, you'll see Casper products. We have an amazing uh, partnership with them where we really help them rethink uh, Mm -hmm. their travel products.
0: Those pillows and... um, Pillows,
3: sheets, uh, slippers, depending on on what cabin you're in. But that was an example of like a travel partner where we hadn't really done something with travel. Mm -hmm. Um, We've been approached by a number of hospitality brands... Uh, We've even been approached by some leading car manufacturers about how to bring more comfort into that uh, realm. So
0: there's just that be like kind of like seats with a Casper technology or just seats. Yeah. Um,
3: Also,
1: long term, as there are autonomous vehicles thinking about, you know, what is rest and sleep look like when you don't have to drive?
3: No. And I I think it just all speaks to kind of the power of the brand and and, uh, how there are so many exciting things that we can do, both as Casper, and then in partnerships with other folks that are, are really transforming their respective industries as well.
1: But people ask us for the craziest stuff, you know, from pajamas to slippers. I mean, the nice thing about our customers is that they're very, very vocal. If you look at our Facebook page, every one of our posts will have hundreds of comments of people mm-hmm. saying, please make me sleep vitamins, or make a Casper <laughs> sofa, or make a Casper place for me to sleep outside of, you know, in my workplace. Or a something. futon for all the college kids.
0: There you go. We'll put
3: you on the payroll. There we go we're really interested in the technology side of sleep and uh, how that can ultimately help improve people's sleep Uh, but what we viewed always was that kind of sleep tracking was fairly commoditized and Mm -hmm. generally you knew how you slept you'd wake up feeling good or not good but the the bigger issue was just the quality of sleep regardless of how many hours you could sleep and whether you're a new parent or you know getting crushed at work whatever it may be or both or both (laughs) Uh, whatever we could do to help you get a better night of sleep, you didn't need to track your sleep to know that you just needed a good quality sleep yeah. and as much sleep as you could possibly get. And so that's why we really focused on the products and experiences that we have today. Um, but we absolutely are looking at and investing into technology and how that will ultimately help transform sleep over the long term as well.
0: Any ideas? Like what is going to be in the bedroom in 15 years that we don't have right now?
3: Yeah, we spend a lot of time looking at the variables that influence sleep. Uh, and so it's kind of all the senses. So it's temperature, it's sound, it's light, etc. And we think over time, over, uh, over a number of years, that there will be tools and technologies that help influence all of that. And you're starting to see more and more of it already come to market. So with Apple filtering out blue light on night mode and things like that, that helps people get ready for sleep. And it starts to change your routine and it starts to change your physiological responses to your bedroom. You'll see more and more of that, and uh, Casper certainly wants to have its share of of that transformation of the bedroom.
0: Do your apartments have like epic sleep caves? <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you follow Do you follow your own advice, or are you are you bad? It's with, hard. With I mean, I,
1: but I think the irony is for us as a brand, we try not to be prescriptive about stuff because even Philip and I, we we don't. I mean, we'd be lying to you if we said we slept eight hours every single night or had a perfect routine or anything, because that's that's a great thing to strive for, but. What we're partially working on is unwinding this, like, negative psychology around sleep that's been around since we were kids, right? It was always a punishment for us as a kid. Go to bed early. Go to your room. And I think if this is if we're going to be successful long-term, we've got to create an environment where people want to do this, where it's like ex- they're excited about it. They're, there's joy to it. It's like a weird, fun environment. And I think the way to do that is instead of forcing everyone to be like, if you don't get eight hours of sleep, you're bad, instead, like you know what, if you're going to get four hours, let's make it the most amazing four hours you can possibly get. And over time, you'll get better.
0: You know, what's been the biggest mess up or flop so far, either <laughs> strategy wise or prior wise?
1: Oh, man. Well, the hardest thing for us was at the beginning, we just had no inventory. And so uh, there were just months and months on end where we were shipping people. We, I think we were probably the largest buyer of airbeds on Amazon because we decided if we can't get you a bed on time, we're going to ship you an airbed so you have something to sleep on. So then Amazon kept turning off our Amazon accounts because they thought we were reselling air mattresses, <laughs> uh, when in reality we were just trying to provide some you know good customer service. So you had to sell it like loaners basically. yeah, we would just give them to them yeah. and, um, and that was you know that taught us an important lesson actually at the beginning. It was like, does customer service really matter for a mattress right like you're getting a mattress? And then I remember there were so many phone calls we'd get of like new parents that are coming home, they needed a mattress, and whether we did or didn't get it there for them made a huge difference to their lives and mm-hmm. I think that has trickled through to our culture to really treat every single order and every person with a, a big sense of humanity because um, sleep is one of the most foundational things to your entire life and so uh, that's been really really important and I thought it's, it's taught us a lot of humility about what we do and why that's important. You should get into the Arabed business too. <laughs> okay.
0: Well this is great guys. Before we wrap up what is happening what trends just in you came up through a great crop of like new kind of cutting-edge consumer products, what are you seeing in just that field in general? Not sleep, but just kind of the trends happening with new companies going out trying to fight old established brands, direct models, all that stuff.
1: I think you're seeing some service innovation. So if you look at like Roman, for example, you've got companies that are really thinking about how do we take an existing business model um, and find a new way to access a product like for Men's ED. Mm-hmm. you know in in our chapters, if there was like brand 1.0 there were generally companies who said I can take the same product and sell it online and then I think in the evolution of the future, the ones that will be really successful are the ones that say you have to sell a differentiated product in many many different places and so I think the ones the best ones that you're seeing today that people really resonate with are people that have you know really interesting unique products mm-hmm. um, that will stand the test of time because I think the strategy of like just go down the CBS aisle and figure out how to take each of those products and create a direct to consumer version and put it online is over, um, because that gets commoditized very very quickly. I think it's a great time to be a customer. Mm-hmm. Good return policies, good products. Do people come to entrepreneurs come to you um, for advice now that
0: you're not that Casper's old, but you've kind of been a little <laughs> established. Yeah, four year, four years. That's old, old man. It's old.
3: Yeah, we uh, we were very well served and. and uh, there were some founders that helped us a lot when we were just getting going, and so we've always been uh, big believers in kind of paying it forward. And so we we try to talk to founders that want advice on anything or just to chat um, as often as we can.
0: That was great, guys. I want to thank the co-founders of Casper, Philip Krim, Neil Pareek. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. That's it for this episode of the Forbes interview. I'm Steve Bertoni. Thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch with a question or comment, please reach us at interview at podcastone.com. to Podcast One, Office Hours with Spencer Raskoff.
1: Hi, I'm Spencer Raskoff, the CEO of Zillow Group. Listen as I have one-on-one conversations with other CEOs. We have the kind of conversations that can only happen between peers, tackling tough questions, sharing hard-won insights, and helping to define what leadership means today.
2: You can
0: find his show and other great business-related shows like Forbes Interview and Forbes Under 30 exclusively on Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and the new Podcast One app.
1: When you're wearing the right outfit, it feels good. Like finding an onion ring in your french fries, good. Feel that way every single day when you work with a Trunk Club personal stylist. Meet your stylist at trunkclub.com. That's T R U N K C L U B dot com.
0: At the border, I'm Ed Donahue with an AP News Minute. At the roundtable discussion today in San Antonio, Texas, President Trump heard something he said he never heard before about life along the border. Many people are dying. And the danger of living here, unless you know exactly what you're doing, is tremendous. This is Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Where are the people in Washington to stand up for these children, these women, these senior citizens? Where are they? Bring them down. Mr. President, let the Democrats come down to Brooks County. Let them come to any of these ranches. Let them see these bodies. Let them see the skeletons. We have the photograph. Attorney General William Barr says he thinks spying did occur on Donald Trump's presidential campaign, suggesting the origins of the Russia investigation may have been mishandled. Scientists released the first image ever made of a black hole, revealing a fiery ring of gravity-twisted light swirling around the edge of the abyss. One scientist said science fiction has become science fact. I'm Ed Donahue.